This is Nerding Casually, a conversation between two friends who just wanted to nerd out across state lines. On this episode of Nerding Casually, we continue our conversation about San Diego Comic-Con. Also, George R. R. Martin wants fewer characters in the MCU and better villains. The inevitable Jurassic World sequel, Bojack Horseman, and Rachel and Miles explain the X-Men. So pack your utility belt, Batman, because we're about to start Nerding Casually. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Hey, it's going pretty good. How about you, Ken? I'm doing well. It's been a pretty busy week, and fortunately, it's winding down. It's uh, the end of the week, so everything's going to be nice and calm this weekend, hopefully. That's right. I always love a good weekend. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, awesome. So, we have uh, a second part of Comic-Con to cover, finally. Yes, I can't believe it. Our last show was so big, it had to be done in two episodes, not yes. one. Um, so, last week, if you remember, if everybody remembers... Uh, we actually talked about a lot of the uh, the Marvel-based uh, content. A lot of it was actually Fox and what they're doing with Fantastic Four. We kind of talked about that. Uh, we also went in way into depth on X-Men Apocalypse and had a lot of fun with that. And we think it's just fair to give DC and uh, Warner Brothers their side of the panel or side of the uh, show. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and I can't wait to get into it, man. It's going to be great to dis- to discuss these trailers and and uh, just talk about our hype for the for the upcoming slate of Warner Brother movies. Sweet. Well, before we do that, though, we're going to do the same thing that we normally do, and we're going to talk about some news. Um, I'm only going to do one story this week, and that's from uh, George R. R. Martin. Um, it comes from his blog, Not a Blog. On it's a live <laughs> journal, which I think is news in itself uh, that somebody still uses live journal, and it's awesome. Uh, George R. R. Martin watched Ant-Man, and he gave his thoughts and, and uh, opinions on it. He, uh, he essentially said that he, he definitely liked that better than Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, and Avengers, um, mainly because there was a focus on the character development of that. Now, again, I haven't seen Ant-Man yet, so I can't really speak to that, but I just I thought the he had an interesting comment about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe need to actually focusing on fewer characters and creating a character driven plot as opposed to action, blow up, kill, destroy type of plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I, I really, he, his comments really hit home because there, he echoed my sentiments when he said that these movies need to quit having the anti hero in, in these movies. You know how Iron Man had the bad iron monger and, and the incredible Hulk had the bad, in the bad Hulk is the abomination. You know, they're basically just going off of their darks um, in the their dark sides, more or less, is what he was getting at, which I was not I, I those were my sentiments exactly. And in fact, I remember when I actually I think I mentioned this when we were talking about Ant-Man not too long ago, but I was like, I wasn't too excited about Ant-Man fighting Yellow Jacket because it's pretty much Iron Man all over again. And so I was pretty glad that there are other people that pick up on that besides me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one thing that uh, has been a common criticism. And again, I have not seen Ant-Man, but it's been a common criticism for the Marvel movies is that the, the enemies have, or the, the, not the enemies, but the uh, antagonists have been very, have been kind of weak mm-hmm. uh, because like they've always been the antithesis of the main character. So uh, yeah, I, I, I it took me a while, but I, I do agree with that. I think Avengers, uh, 
Age of Ultron handled that uh, handled that well, um, because Ultron wasn't necessarily an antithesis of Tony Stark. It was a creation of Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. I think that could have been. It, it would have been handled a bit better if there was more focus on the characters. But I guess you, you know, you have two and a half hours to focus on what eight, nine, ten people. So yeah, totally. Uh, that's a little bit difficult to do as well. As, you know, get in a proper amount of exposition while showing everything blowing up and the world ending. Yeah, and I thought one of the the awesome qualities about Age of Ultron was that you had not only did you have Ultron, but you had Vision. And I think in that sense, it was kind of appropriate to have the yin and the yang because you had Ultron who wanted to fix humanity, but then you had the vision that wanted to also help humanity, but also do so without killing humanity. So it was really good to see kind of that yin and yang. But since they weren't, the vision wasn't the main character of the story, I kind of, I appreciated that, uh, that dynamic of the movie. Yeah, I completely agree on that. Um, now, speaking of major blockbuster movies, uh, this summer has had its fair share and actually one, you know, giant Adominus Rex style uh, <laughs> that has has just uh, st- stood over all over all other movies. Um, it's stood over. It's chewed them up and spit them out. And as of today, it has officially become the number three highest grossing movie of all time. And that is Jurassic World. So, um this news comes from JoeBlow.com. I get pretty much all my movie stuff from JoeBlow.com or SuperheroHype.com because I feel like those are pretty up-to-date uh, movie comic book websites. <clears throat> so I appreciate those two websites. But So Joe Blow reported today that the upcoming Jurassic World sequel, which is inevitable, is scheduled for June 22, 2018. And while I'm sure a lot of people are pretty excited about it, I'm going, all right. Come on, guys. We got to think this through. I understand that this movie just made buckets of money, but this is kind of one of those movies that's like, yeah, you know what? It, I could be okay with it not having a sequel. I mean, for example, Titanic. Titanic's the number two grossing, highest grossing movie of all time. You don't see like Titanic 2, Titanic Harder, you know? Or, <laughs> you know, it's because it can't happen again. I like. We've had four Jurassic Park movies set in the same universe at this point. They've they all they're all connected, and everybody knows they have to know at this point anything that has to deal with Isla Nubar and Isla Sorna, stay away from that. And they so I'm wondering how, what they're gonna do uh, to to trick Chris Pratt into coming back to this park. You know, I can just imagine Chris Pratt saying, you know, like these InGen executives come up to Chris Pratt and say or Owen Grady, I should say, and say, Owen, we have, we're going to give you literally all the money in the world to come help us rebuild Jurassic World. And, and then Owen says, nah, guys, I'm cool. Let's just watch Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, (laughs) and then let's roll credits, you know, but I was thinking, Ken, what would be the the ultimate Jurassic Park sequel or Jurassic World sequel? Because the only way they can outdo themselves is they have to make it Jurassic Planet dinosaurs in space. (laughs) <laughs> I, I would watch that movie i would totally watch that movie oh exactly i mean they could have like space fights and i mean chris pratt would fit right in there as owen grady yeah. and <laughs> then you could element. have uh you could have a crossover with uh the marvel universe and have uh, uh star lord come in and you know take out a couple dinosaurs as well and this would be the ultimate star lord could be half dinosaur 
<laughs> so you so you're giving a a major plot twist you're giving a uh a, a terminator salvation plot twist in there that's what you're doing uh, well <laughs> i guess so <laughs> yeah thank you uh thank you you know studios for spoiling that again i'm still upset about that oh apparently yeah and the rest of the world is too i mean genesis is doing terrible genesis too. yes i said salvation yeah yeah <laughs> So, uh, and speaking of spoilers that, uh, that, that we've seen, there's, uh, some, there is, uh, there, there's a possible spoiler in the, the newest Batman versus Superman trailer. And that is the Jason Todd Robin costume spotted in the movie. You want to talk about that, Ken? Oh yeah, man. Why don't you go ahead and get started on it? For everybody that, uh, that's seen the, the Batman versus Superman Comic-Con trailer, which if you haven't. Stop listening right now and just watch it. <laughs> is that the uh, among the things that were spotted was Jason Todd's Robin costume, and that is if you if you look really closely, there's a frame in the trailer where Batman is is walking. I'm assuming it's in the Batcave, although albeit it looks like a very brightly illuminated and very modern Batcave. You can see the the Bat costume in the bottom right, and then and and Bruce Wayne is walking past a, uh, a, a a glass enclosure with the Robin costume on it and the and it's spray painted on the outfit ha 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 the jokes on you which of course everybody that's a Batman fan or considers himself to be a true Batman fan knows that that is the Jason Todd <clears throat> Jason Todd Robin outfit Jason Todd being the second Robin as he took up the mantle from Dick Grayson when Dick Grayson became Nightwing and Jason Todd uh, he met his fate thanks to disgusting disturbed comic book readers like you and you and me because back in back when uh when the when dc was writing the death in the family story arc they pulled the they pulled the the batman readers to figure out what how jason todd's fate would be if he was going to live or die at joker's hand and as we if for those of you that are unfamiliar with the storyline the death in the family storyline Jason Todd is kidnapped by the Joker, and he's taken to a warehouse somewhere over in the Middle East. I think it's Egypt, but I, I can't remember. And Joker then, over the period of several months, proceeds to torture and eventually kill Jason Todd in a pretty grotesque manner. And for anybody out there that's played Arkham Knight knows that this Jason Todd story arc has figured into the game pretty heavily, where, uh, spoiler alert for those that haven't played the game yet, where... At some at when at various points in the game, when Batman is teaming up with Robin, Joker, who has taken over Batman's mental psyche, is showing Batman the execution scenes of how he tortured and killed Jason Todd, which I thought was really brilliant. So this has a lot of implications for the upcoming Batman universe, or I guess would say uh, DC universe as a whole, with Jason Todd and Batman versus Superman. It would be the perfect opportunity for for Warner Brothers to adapt the death in the family, uh, not death in the family, the um, the under the Red Hood storyline, where, as we know, the Red Hood is Jason Todd come back to Gotham to basically take out Bruce Wayne. And he's a vigilante that kills people. And Bruce Wayne, or excuse me, Batman, is trying to stop the, the Red Hood, but finds him, but finds the Red Hood to be pretty much his equal superior. And, and, intellect and in physicality and we know and we eventually find learn learn that that's because he was in fact trained by batman and it has the joker in it it has nightwing so there would be a ton of 
there'd be a ton of story to work with and characters to have. And I think, you know, fans have been clamoring to see Nightwing in on the big screen for years. I mean, just probably longer than they've been dying to see Batman Beyond on, on the big screen. So having Jason Todd, at least that Easter egg in Batman versus Superman, leaving the world open to possibly we might see Jason Todd or the Red Hood in the future, I think that would be really smart and a, and a step, a huge step in the right direction for Warner Brothers. Yeah, I really, and we're going to talk about this later on in, in, the, in the, the meat of the show, the arena of the show, but I, I, I really... I when I did see that I, I was like, I was like, wow, that's. Uh, I was really excited about seeing seeing that 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 costume, and also like one thing that you pointed out was the the Batcave itself was much brighter than any other Batcave has ever been, um, which I think maybe Zack Snyder is like saying, okay guys, I heard your feedback about Man of Steel. Fuck you guys, <laughs> I'm making everything bright. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So I, I think that's <laughs> that might be why it's so bright in there. Um, it could be. It could be that. Zack Snyder's gonna gonna play the opposite roles of the comic books, where Batman's nice and bright and happy, and Superman is dark and dreary. <laughs> <laughs> it's his, it was his plan all along. That's right. I, I think one thing is interesting is that we are looking at, an, you know, as as everything has been told, an older Bruce Wayne. So, I, I I'm looking forward to maybe maybe not in this movie, but in a future movie, having a flashback to uh, the death in the family uh, story arc or something something to that effect. So we maybe. Are able to see that um, now this would be the ultimate out. oh i'm sorry oh that's it that's it oh that's it i was gonna say this would be the ultimate man now because we have an older batman in 10 years down the road we have we get the batman beyond movie we've all been dying for because ben and keep ben affleck as bruce wayne batman and have ben affleck train up terry mcginnis that would be so sweet that'd be awesome like i i would love that movie i i i would I would hype train that all the way to the moon for that to, for that movie for that Heck series yeah. to happen, even more than uh, the Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt Batman. Even though that'd be a cool tie-in, which I know this would never happen. And WB uh, Warner Brothers DC, if you want to make this happen, you can uh, send me the check. But uh, <laughs> if you want to go ahead and bring in Joseph Gordon Levitt, because there is a a vast amount of the population that loves Joseph Gordon Levitt. Mm-hmm. You should bring him in, let him be the younger Bruce Wayne in the flashback sequences. So you, you could uh, you could do that, you know? Okay, good. Yeah, I like how you, how you explain that because I was about to disconnect myself from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was going to drop a, a Robin joke in there? Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say jo- the, something about Joseph Gordon-Levitt taking up the mantle of Batman or something and do- being successful at it. And uh, we haven't talked about this, but I wrote a blog post about this a year, several years ago. And and, and for Joseph Gordon-Levitt, if he was going to take up the role of Batman, this dude is marked for death. I mean, plain and simple, <laughs> he's marked for he is going to be terrible as Batman. So I don't want to get into that though. We can <laughs> we can get into that in a future podcast where it titled "Everything I Hate About the Dark Knight Rises." <laughs> It'll I be think, three hours long. <laughs> yeah, just just like the movie. It'll That's be three right. hours long, and we'll only talk about one thing. Uh, that's right. <laughs> did you like the Dark Knight Rises? I don't. I I did not like the Dark Knight Rises. Okay, thank you. Okay, good. Yeah, so we're we are on the same page on that. I uh, I just had some I had some issues. It it needed to be edited. That's what it needed. Needed. Yeah. Did it. I can't oh, speak. I mean needed. I I know what we're talking about next podcast after we after we hype up the DC universe. We'll talk about. We'll tear down the uh, the previous <laughs> Batman series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it. Well, I'll say this and then we'll move on because we got to get into this, but. 
The Dark Knight Rises could have been such an incredible movie and an incredible send off for for Christian Bale in that as that Batman, and it just fell flat on its face. But the thing is, it people that watch movies to watch movies, they're not comic book fans, loved it, and it just oh, it breaks my heart. <laughs> Yeah, I, we we need to talk about series because I I have a few thoughts and opinions on why the Dark Knight Rises was not what it was meant to be, mm-hmm. um, but that is on the next episode of Nerding Casually or one in the future. That's right. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Um, so just like we do every week, we're gonna nerd out on something. Uh, Dan, since uh, it's been two weeks since we've heard what you nerded out on, I'm gonna let you go first, man. Yeah, sure, definitely. So uh, BoJack Horseman is back on Netflix. And I haven't had the chance to check out an episode yet, but rest assured, I will be checking it out sometime this week. I just could not wait to to talk about it. Uh, I got a notification on my phone saying BoJack Horseman season two. And I, for those of you that haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It is hilarious. It's created by Will Arnett, who Will Arnett basically is comedy gold. He's played several roles from Arrested Development to 30 Rock. He's He was the voice of Batman in the Lego movie. He's a really comical genius, and the setting of BoJack Horseman is about a, a a personified horse. He's a guy that is a horse, and he his name is BoJack Horseman, and he starred in a '90s uh, '90s family sitcom similar on par to Full House called Horsin' Around. Where and then so this this show takes place 20 years after that show got canceled, and follows BoJack Horseman as he tries to. Uh, stay alive in Hollywood amidst being drunk and high all the time. And it's hilarious. He, um, there, there's some, there's some pretty funny parts in there that there's a restaurant that they eat at. And I mean, Bojack Horseman isn't, I mean, this, this, this universe is all animals. It's humans and animals interacting. Like somehow like Ninja Turtles happen for everybody and every, and all the animals have, uh, these, they can talk and speak and carry jobs and stuff. But I just remember there's one scene where they're they're at the characters are at a diner and there's a cow that's a waitress and the cow brings over somebody a steak and she's to, and she just throws a steak at him and she's pissed at him and the guy goes sorry. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so I'm nerding out on that and then I'm getting into Agents of Shield, which is hard Finally. to do. Finally, I know. I finally beat Arkham Knight, so we're, we can nerd out on that uh, whenever uh, Matthew gets done playing the game. Uh, I know there's PC issues and stuff, so you know, no rush on that. But Agents of S- Shield is, oh my goodness, so hard to get into so far. It's like it's so cheesy and so cliche, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Like, oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that because like that part of the part of the cheesiness will factor in, and they eventually grow up and become more mature. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, I, like I said, I won't, I won't spoil anything for you, but like I said, fight through, get to like episode 12 and you should be good. Uh, cause around that time is like, that was where the, uh, the winter break took place. They came back and they started hitting a better stride once they came back. In all honesty, I, agents of shields first season should have been a 12 episode season. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Disney just got a little ambitious and they're like, er- we, everything people, the, every, people love Marvel, so give them a thirty-run episode for all we care. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I I think you'll get into it. It just it does take a little bit. Like it it was a little chore for me to watch it as well in the beginning, but I I, I was just so hyped about uh, Clark Craig that I, I I kept watching it. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for him, and I, I hope he find that Agent Coulson finds his way back to the big screen. I do too. I I think uh, now that Joss Whedon is gone, uh, God rest his soul, uh, he will. Uh, there <laughs> might be a, a better chance for him to come back to the uh, to the main screen because I, I've been reading some things recently, and it looks like that the Marvel and Disney leadership do see the two as the same continuity, and Joss Whedon did not. Um, mm-hmm. So. We'll see what happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so. so for me, I I've been uh, nerding out on a podcast this week. Uh, so on Monday, so little backstory: Matthew has been trying to get me to listen to this podcast for like I think six months at this point, point. Um, and it's called Rachel and Miles Explain the X Men. Explain as in the letter X. Um, and there's a link in the show notes so everybody can uh, listen to it and like nerd out like I've been doing. <laughs> Dan, th- this podcast is amazing. Uh, they start off with issue one of the X-Men, um, and they go through the entire history. They do have some breaks in between. They talk about some modern stuff. They talk about, uh, they have a, a fake Comic-Con panel. Um, I'm currently on episode 20, and I started listening to it on uh, Friday of last week. Hmm. So uh, I-, I think you can tell like how much I'm really enjoying this podcast. Frank, um, I'm going to have to check that out, because X-Men have always been my favorite comic. Bro- yeah. I mean plain and simple i love the x-men so i'm gonna have to start listening to that yeah i i i i i don't even know what to say that's how excited i am for the for the podcast <laughs> um the the two the, the couple they are definitely like over like not even overhyped they're just like super hyped about the subject and they that's really all they talk about they do give like some other comics um like just to that have introduced other characters. Like uh, they talk about uh, when Wolverine was introduced um, and when Rogue was introduced in other comics. But uh, when it comes down to it, it's just X-Men and it's amazing. And it's making me want to read the comics. Cause I, that's something that I've never done. I, I will admit I've never been an X-Men comic reader. Mm-hmm. I got into X-Men as a kid through the X-Men 92 series. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not like X-Men evolution. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I looking love at Matthew X-Men Evolution. I, okay, I'm looking at you and Matthew for that because that <laughs> I did not like that show whatsoever. I just could not get into it. Um, I I just I didn't like it. It was not X Men '92, and for me, nothing could live up to it until I like I started like I I I've read a little bit. Uh, I read Days of Future Past recently, and that's really mm-hmm. good. Um, so yeah, I I I want you to listen to it. I want everybody to listen to it because. The, the amount of work that they put uh, uh, the amount of work they put into the podcast and the research into it so they're not like like you and I we, we meet up every week and we we nerd out on, 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 on one topic they like do research they read back issues they look up you know people's like thoughts and opinions on it and they they give that to everybody every week which is amazing um, so everybody should give them a listen because they deserve it I'll definitely check that out, Ken. Thanks for the recommendation. Of course, man. All right, and now to the arena where we're going to be talking about the Warner Brothers panel. So Comic-Con at this point was two weeks ago, um, and when you're listening to this, it's going to be a while back. So this is just our review of, or our our dissertation on Comic-Con, essentially. Last week, we talked about, you know, the Marvel side of everything, and Marvel being, you know, the Fox movies, including Fantastic Four um, and X-Men. Uh, mainly X-Men. That's what we talked about last week. This week, we're going to give some love. Yes, we're actually going to give love to the Warner Brothers side of things. And uh, 
and DC and how we uh, we loved what they did, or at least how I loved. I can't speak for you, Dan, but <laughs> how I loved what I saw from DC um, slash Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, totally, totally. So I I think the, I mean really the biggest thing there was Batman versus Superman, oh, and I'm yeah. gonna officially call this movie not Batman versus Superman, but Batman versus Superman featuring Wonder Woman after seeing that trailer, because oh, Wonder just, Woman was a badass. Oh my goodness. I mean, she was only in there for like what, two shots, but she just looks, I mean, like that one shot where Superman like like jumps down or something. No, Batman jumps on Superman and I guess I mean, I know it's probably heavily edited so we didn't see what really happened, but like the crash, the shockwave sends sends Wonder Woman push back into some concrete like block and she's just like, "Oh hell no. I'm coming. You picked the wrong woman to mess with." <laughs> yeah, they're I just definitely love that both look my- that she gave. Yeah, they're definitely both uh, in trouble after that. After that, they're, she's gonna kick some major ass. <laughs> and I gotta say, I mean, honestly, like, um, oh, what her name's escaping me. The actress that played Gal Gadot. I mean, from seeing her in the, in the Fast and Furious franchise, honestly, I said this this skinny bitch can't be Wonder Woman. I mean, let's be honest. Like, I was like, she's not Wonder Woman. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but Wonder Woman, she's more muscular. She's a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say voluptuous, but she's she's just more more jacked. She but has certain she, enhancements and certain features that you weren't expecting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she's Amazonian. I mean, come on. Like she like Gal got it. She's what Brazilian, I think, or uh, at least Spanish. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But seeing <laughs> Gal got it in the Wonder Woman getup. I mean, I was like, that's Wonder Woman playing. I mean, th- that's it. That's Wonder Woman. That's her. Now, when we talked about this, we uh, you brought up the uh, Wonder Woman uh, TV series on the NBC tried to uh, make happen a couple years ago, and how yes. you were just like, that looks like complete crap compared to this Wonder Woman. And I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree because like Gal Gadot like looks amazing as Wonder Woman. I I can't think of her name right now. Who played the other Wonder Woman? Adrian Pilecki. Thank you, Adrian Pilecki. Um, I, for one, was actually excited about that Wonder Woman TV series. I, mm-hmm. I, I was a kid uh, who watched the 1970s one when it was on Sci-Fi Channel, when it was the Sci-Fi Channel back in the 90s. Um, <laughs> and I loved that series. I, I don't know. I just, I guess I, I loved uh, Lin- Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Um, so I, I, I guess I've always had an affinity, tor- affinity towards Wonder Woman. I just, you know, wanted more Wonder Woman in the world, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Adrian Pilecki. If I said your name correctly, if I didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, Gal Gadot like definitely is owning this Wonder Woman, at least this decade. She is, and I mean, just hats off to Warner Brothers for being so faithful to the comic book translations. And I know we said this, but I just I can't say it enough that if Fox was handling this, they'd all be wearing black. <laughs> That's just plain and simple. They would be wearing black. Wonder Woman be, would be wearing some black you know pantsuit or something and fighting crime like she wouldn't be wearing her amazonian outfit i mean plain and simple <laughs> amazonians don't use color dan not in the <laughs> fox universe that's right it's dark and gritty and full, full devoid of happiness <laughs> also this is Zack snyder again like showing us that there's actually color in the uh the dc universe i i'm just shocked i i was thinking that that it wasn't possible. I thought they had just filmed it in black and white and had like minor bits of color here and there. But no, it's they actually film it in color, uh, which is another thing I'm going to point out. And we talked about this earlier. 
But Batman's side of the world wasn't dark and gritty like it was in Dark Knight. It was actually pretty bright. I mean, the Batcave itself, or what we're assuming is the Batcave, um, mm-hmm. was well lit. You know, it wasn't like dark and dungy, especially like like in the uh, animated series where it was just like this dark room. Mm-hmm. You could see things like you could see the back, you know, the the uh, the bat suit in behind uh, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne as he's like walking by the uh, Robin Memorial, essentially, mm-hmm. and you know the scene where he's just looking up at the sky after the, uh, after Wayne tower has been destroyed, looking at presumably Superman doing that. It, it, that was bright. It wasn't dark and, and, and creepy. And I gotta be honest, I don't feel like I want to cut myself when I see a bat, a, a, a DC trailer anymore. And I'm happy about that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I kind of got chills when, um, just something, just something small, but seeing, uh, Lawrence Fishburne as, as um why do i keep wanting to say perry mason it's um oh but as the as the editor chief editor of the daily planet and uh it just when he says like no one wants to hear clark kent taking on the batman i was like oh like i know that's kind of just to give lip service and whatever to create a little joke there but i was just like just the 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 um the vitriol in his voice when he's like, no one wants to see Clark Kent take on the Batman. I was like, Oh man, like that's, that's so that's Lawrence Fishburne. Like it just felt like it was awesome. Perry white. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Our, our intrepid producer and reporter, Matthew just reported that it's Perry white as the editor of the daily planet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually lost my train of thought now. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I wrote down something when I saw this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to read it verbatim. Uh, this is the trailer we needed and deserved. I wish Warner Brothers would have held off showing any trailer until they were ready to show this trailer first. The suspense would have killed us and we would have only wanted more after seeing it. And and that's really like when it comes down to it, that's all I have to say about this trailer is that like I, I wish we had never seen the like the trailer that was shown in Brazil, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that was just like gritty, 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 dark, dark, everything's dying and there are no flowers. Everyone's sad. This was like, you know, there's light in the universe and there's, there's some hope and it actually felt like, you know, I wouldn't have to bring a flashlight to the movie theater. So, uh, uh I'm <laughs> just really happy at least. <laughs> yeah. So I don't like, just like cry, cry myself to sleep uh, or cry myself out of the theater. What I'm hoping for is, you know, seeing the shots in the trailer where Batman is fighting Superman and Wonder Woman's there, I honestly got, and this is how much of a nerd I am, <clears throat> I, I it felt to me like one of the first episodes of the Justice League animated series where Wonder Woman goes into a museum to, um, oh, what was she doing? I can't, she was um, going to investigate something in a museum and it just, it, it had that vibe that, this was straight from the animated series. Like, I just, I felt like this is my Saturday morning cartoon brought to life. And I was so excited when I, when that, that feeling that I got when, oh my goodness, this is Justice League, the animated series brought to life. I might have to relook at it from that perspective. I, I, I guess I never really watched uh, Justice League that much. So uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I need to take another look at it from that perspective because I didn't get that uh, per se. But I, I definitely, I definitely got chills when watching this trailer. I definitely felt a lot better, and I actually started to think like, okay, maybe this approach, this approach definitely is unique. 
Um, and it's not just copying the Marvel way, um, which is what we had speculated before is like, okay, DC, why are you just copying Marvel? Why don't you do your own thing? And I think, you know, they just like this trailer just like laid the smack down on both of us and said, Hey, we are doing our own thing. We're, we're a multi-billion dollar corporation. We can figure this out on our own. We don't need you guys. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, I, I humbly, uh, bow to you, Zack Snyder for once for, you know, giving me hope. Yeah, I will say, though, I, I am still a little pessimistic, though, because I think it's a bad idea making Superman the villain here, because let's be honest, how is he going to uh, how, how can Batman take on the uh, take on Superman, even in a suit of armor, if Superman's not going to hold back? That's my that's my only hang up about it. But I'm excited to see how Zack Snyder is going to handle that. So it'll be really interesting. I mean, maybe Wonder that's maybe Wonder Woman and Batman are going to have to team up to take down Superman or something. Because that's the only way I can see this happening is because Batman is mortal. Wonder Woman's not. She's Amazonian. She's an Amazonian princess. Um, you know, that's that's the only way I can see Batman actually going on and taking on a fully charged and revved up Superman. Yeah, I I don't know how that's going to happen, but I, I I now cannot wait to see what happens. And I know I will be watching this on opening night. And I won't have to choose either Captain America or um, Batman vs Superman because they're not on the same uh, premiere weekend anymore, so that's good. Yeah, I'm so glad that that they did that. Man, and and it's coming out in March, isn't it? So yeah, that's going to be on March 25th that uh, Batman vs Superman premieres. So that yeah, that's going to be great. I I cannot wait for that. I I remember when we had the the episode episode two actually where we cried about trailers and everything. Um, I remember saying that I was not looking forward to Batman vs Superman, and I wasn't sure I was actually going to see it in theaters. I need to create that time machine, go back to that Ken, and say, "Hey, don't watch this trailer. Don't ever watch it. Ignore it. Don't watch it until after you've seen the trailer that comes out during Comic Con, and then watch it and realize, oh, this is going to be a good movie." Yeah, um, yeah. I really wish they hadn't released that. I, I know they wanted to tease people, but it was just a bad tease. It wasn't a good tease at all. You're exactly right. And one of the things that that I'm looking forward to most, and I really hope that they take this dynamic with the with the Batman and, and Superman. So I'm excited to see Lex Luthor. And, I mean, Jesse Eisenberg, I'm so excited to see his take on it because he, he kind of portrays that, uh, that whimsical Lex Luthor, but I'm waiting for him to drop the hammer. And uh, and just to be a complete, just maniacal genius. And I'm really hoping that he he dons the um, the Lex Luthor suit to go toe to toe with Superman. I think that would be sick. So by drop the hammer, you mean drop the wig, right? Drop the wig. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, because that was that was the most distracting thing in that trailer is like, what is that on top of that head? (laughs) <laughs> like what is what is that on top of his head? Like really? What 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 is that? Um, you know, there's there's a couple strands of hair that say he whoever is he who wields this wig, if he shall be worthy, shall be Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so speaking of great introduction trailers, I have two words for you, Dan. Mm-hmm. And that's Suicide Squad. Oh Suicide Squad. So, like, I guess after the reaction to the first Batman vs. Superman trailer, uh, DC figured out how to do an actual introduction trailer. Oh, my goodness. Like, like I, I just have to say, everything in that trailer I was just hyped up about. 
except for like Will Smith being like, what are we, some type of suicide squad? Like, I guess you had to drop that in there, but it was really cheesy. I guess maybe cheesy that is what we needed there, but it felt really cheesy. But anyway, like yeah. one, I, I love Joker's voice in that trailer. Goodness. And like I have to be honest, Amanda Weller or uh, Viola Davis playing Amanda Weller is scary to me. Like I I can't wait to see how that plays out. Oh, man. I mean, she just you know as villain a cli- as cliche as a villain can be as you know cutting cutting her piece of steak saying how like oh no like if that's the beauty about it if they fail you know there's no one to blame but themselves <laughs> like it's gonna be awesome. I mean Amanda Waller in the comics she's just. I mean, she's evil, straight up evil. And and the TV show Arrow has done a good job of showing that side of Amanda Waller. Um, and so I'm pretty excited to see how that will translate onto the big screen. But I'm just everything you said, Ken, I'm just going to echo that. Ugh, like th- this this movie trailer was awesome. I told you when I first saw it, when I saw the bootleg version, I was like, uh, like, I wish it could have been better. But then once you see it in high definition, and it just it makes up for it. I still don't understand the whole Cirque du Soleil happening in Harley Cell, but just the end with Jared Leto as the Joker going, "Oh, I'm not gonna hurt you, or I'm not gonna kill you. I'm just gonna hurt you, really, really bad." It's like, oh, that is the perfect. I, I've been really optimistic about this Joker, and I'm pretty excited to see how this this all plays out. So. I, I am so excited. I'm excited. One of the things I'm excited about is Killer Croc. I'm really Killer Croc's always been one of my favorite rogues rogues gallery villains. So I'm really excited to see him on the big screen. Do you know the uh, the artist Sia? I do not. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I do. The I want to swing from the chandelier. That <laughs> yeah. So I think Harley Quinn might be doing a reenactment of the Sia Elastic Heart video. <laughs> Because uh, that, that, I think that's why she's doing the Cirque du Soleil thing in the uh, in the prison cell. Um, also, thank you for correcting me on Amer- Amanda Waller's name. I, for some reason, wrote that down as Weller, and I apologize to everyone out there that's like freaking out at me. I, I really apologize about that. <laughs> um, the final thing I really wanted to say about this trailer is that Joker really gave me chills. Like mm-hmm. I said it before, I, I loved his, uh, his voice. Jared Leto's voice in this was amazing. And, you know, the concern that that he was going to be recreating Heath Ledger's Joker, I think flew completely out of the window. I, I think part of that was that flew out of the window when they had like the initial uh, sh- shots of him, mm-hmm. but it definitely flew out the window after showing him in this trailer. Oh. I, 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 I can't wait for it. I will say this. The, the, the thing that's going to make it or break it for me is going to be the, the dynamic between him and Harley Quinn, because that has to be there. I mean, that, that dynamic of Harley Quinn is completely devoted to Mr. J, but Joker, he loves her, too. You know he does, but he treats her like crap. Yeah. I mean, that dynamic has to be there. And and that's what I'm kind of – that's one thing. This is, this is my plot prediction, if I can make a prediction, that – because if you notice, we only see – we in all the shots of the Suicide Squad in the trailer, we never see Joker with them. We, we only see Joker by himself at the end. So my guess as to what's going to happen is Joker has this huge plan that he's going to destroy a city, whether that's Gotham or whatever city. You know, it doesn't matter. But Joker's going to do some serious damage. And they're recruiting the Suicide Squad to stop Joker. But at the same time, Batman is also trying to stop the Joker. So it's going to be kind of that, like, 
whoever gets their first dynamic. So more or less like a chase movie, I guess you could say. And, um, and, and so the reason why Harley's on board to stop the Joker is that she got burned really bad by the Joker and she hates him. She's like, I hate Mr. J. Like, I can't believe I loved him. Yada, yada, yada. Of course I'll bring him down. I just want to see that guy burn, you know, something like that. And then at the end, so the whole movie, they're building up to, to catch the Joker. And then finally they catch the Joker and they, um, and Batman, you know, probably is going to be there at the same time or, or shortly thereafter. And at that point, then Harley steps out and says, just kidding. I'm with Mr. J all along. This was our plan to, to break ourselves out and run away or something like that. And for all those Suicide Squad, you know, apologists out there, I will say this. They, they will find a way to disable the explosive chip in the back of their neck so their head doesn't explode when they go off task. So that will factor in there somewhere. So once all that happens, uh, then Harley Quinn will announce, oh, I was just playing you guys the whole time. Me and Mr. J are going to go off and have fun together and kill everybody. And so that's my prediction of the movie because in my mind that's the only thing that makes sense. And they drive off in that pink joker lamborghini and batman tries to catch them but he doesn't and he fails and that's going to be the movie and then one little addendum for that they're going so they by uh when i say they i mean uh harley quinn and joker they're going to end up killing at least one of the members of suicide squad just gonna of course at least one and it's going to be gruesome oh yeah did you ever see um the suicide squad animated film that they came out with last year it's set in the Arkham universe. Yeah, I, I want to say I did, but I, like Matthew's over here nodding, saying yes. I think Matthew may have seen it, and I might have just caught like parts of it, but uh, I feel like I have. That one was a really good interpretation of the Suicide Squad, in my opinion. I mean, Harley Quinn was completely crazy in that movie, which was great, and Batman had a presence in there, but it was it focused on the Suicide Squad. But they had some pretty gruesome deaths. I mean, there was I know Great White Shark died. I mean, his head exploded because he tried to run away. Um, and I can't remember who else died in, in that movie. Um, so, but yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure. And I'm hoping that it'll be like a B-list suicide squad. KGB, yes. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, I'm hoping that it'll be like a um, like a lesser known, like a B-list suicide squad member like Rick Flagg or something like that. Because I don't want to see Captain Boomerang die. I don't want to see Deadshot die. I don't want to see Killer Croc die. Uh, I don't want to see Katana die. Um, plain and simple. I, I I love those those characters. So you can take out Rick Flag. You can take out um, who is it? Uh, who's the other one? Um, Enchantress. I don't care. Take them out. El Diablo. Oh, good grief. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> he is the man. So. Yeah, that's the great thing about having a producer on the show now. Yes. And I've been corrected as King Shark, not Great White Shark. <laughs> That'll happen too. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap it all up, I got to say, after seeing the trailers, uh, I am now excited about the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually really confident that they're not trying to do a, hey, we're going to be Marvel 2 type of thing. And it's, you know, after, you know, after hearing some things that Ben Affleck said is about, the, uh, about the movies and what uh, Zack Snyder said about the movies and, and saying that, you know, Marvel deals with more of the whimsical and the more light-natured uh, sides of things, and DC definitely deals with more of the uh, the real life and more like uh, mundane, not mundane in like a day to day, but just like the the more down to earth type of things. Mm-hmm. I 
I, I get where I, I think I, I'm starting to get where they're coming from and I no longer see it as a as a like a insult to Marvel it's more of just like hey we're just trying to do this our way and this is how it's going to be and we're going to go this direction and Marvel's doing that direction that's fine you know they're fun movies but we're going to go and try to be a bit more realistic and not like you know realistic and everything's like where you have to see the day-to-day like oh this is how we run our business type of thing but like realistic and like things have consequences because that's you know Marvel has some consequences, but they're not as they, they don't seem like they'll be as big as the consequences as in the DC universe. Yeah, totally, totally. I'm 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 right there with you. <clears throat> this Comic Con, DC definitely stole the show for the Comic Con, in my opinion. I mean, like I said, Deadpool and X Men Apocalypse, those trailers were great, but everybody was already expecting X-Men Apocalypse and Deadpool to be on point. No one was expecting DC to come out of nowhere like this and just drop these two amazing trailers on us to get us so stoked. I mean, and honestly, I want to see Suicide Squad a little bit more than I want to see Batman versus Superman featuring Wonder Woman. And that's, uh, that's, that's saying something because I've been wanting to see for, I remember as a kid, I died to see Batman and Superman together on the big screen. But now I'm like, you know what? I'd be okay if Batman versus Superman came out in August and then we got suicide squad in March. <laughs> so I have a question for you regarding that. Mm-hmm. Is that because you are still not 100% on, on board with Batman versus Superman? Or is it just that you were just overhyped or not, not overhyped in a way, but just like super hyped up for a suicide squad? I think it's because I'm super hyped up for Suicide Squad because I think it's got the potential to be such an amazing, never-before-seen style of movie that Marvel's going to have have a hard time beating the success of with their Inhumans. I, I think you said it right. I think you said it best. Um, I'm just going to say, you know, congratulations, DC. I don't think you and I are people that choose winners. Actually, no, we are people that choose winners and things like this. DC, you definitely won Comic-Con um between marvel properties and dc properties um so congratulations on that however i'm gonna say this dan star wars still owned the show like (laughs) they did not release a trailer and everybody was on the hype train or most people were on the hype train um i'll give you that you're right you're right (laughs) they they released it behind the scenes and i'm still like thinking about it and melting about it a little bit it's like i'm so happy (laughs) <laughs> I cannot wait. Like I, I want December to get here to see it, but I also, you know, would like to live my life until December. So, you know, I wanted to get here a little bit sooner, but not too soon. Right, right. Um, I'm just not yeah. sure when I'm going to go see that movie because part of me wants to see it opening night to be there and to be in that 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 atmosphere of star devoted Star Wars fans. But at the same time, it's like it's going to be an onslaught. <laughs> the nerd sweat. That's right. Well. When we do see it, we will definitely be we will definitely tweet out about that. We will definitely be recording a podcast. I I, I would almost say that like if we see that on uh, on on a Thursday night, we probably will be recording soon thereafter. Maybe that weekend, uh, just as a premature recording, because I don't know if we could contain ourselves enough to uh to not talk about that movie. Right. Oh, I totally agree. And I think it it can either go one way, either it just like blows our freaking minds or it craps the bed. Yeah, well, it's I, I'm banking on it that it will blow our minds. I mean, for the sake of future movies, it has to blow our minds because I'm uh, I'm holding out that I'm still going to maintain that 
once Star Wars gets the success that it does, that um, people that movie studios are going to start using more practical effects than CGI. So, yeah, I completely agree with you there. Yeah. Um, but until that comes out, uh, everybody, we're going to be recording newer uh, new episodes of Nerding Casually every week. We'll be releasing them every week, and uh, it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, I guess one thing I do want to say is that you can follow me on Twitter at Kenji. That's K-E-N-G-E. Um, and you can go to Facebook.com slash Kenji. So you can send me send us questions or just uh, give us your feedback about the show or, you know, tweet at us and say, hey, I like this about, you know, the DC trailers or I hate it, the DC trailers or whatever. Um, Dan, where can people find you online? So people can most fi- mostly find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dan Bricks. Yeah, I changed that. And uh, and follow me on there or friend me on there. I'd be happy to accept your friend request. I post really funny ranting, funny rants and silly quips all day. I'm getting my Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back on my Twitter. So stay be on standby for that. I'll activate it this week. So I only have like six followers. So please, listeners out there, when I when I announce my Twitter name next week, please follow me. <laughs> and uh, and I'll tweet out. I'll keep tweeting out funny things and probably a little bit more PG thirteen things on Twitter because you know my parents are on Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, you can you can follow us on Twitter. You can friend us on Facebook. You can also um, email us at nerdingcasually at gmail dot com, and that's where you can email us even your audio clips. It's a minute or less if you have any feedback or you want to just yell at us or or agree with us or uh, just uh, say what you want to say and, and get your voice on the show. Um, again, Dan, I love doing this show with you. I, I love being able to like once a week nerd out and just like ha- have a fun time. So thank you again for uh, doing this. Yeah, man, no problem. Thank you. I. Uh, there's, like I told you, there's being in the healthcare field, there's, it's hard to find people with my similar interest in movies and as devoted into movies as I am and specifically comic book movies. So it's great to be able to, to meet up with you every week and vent about certain things that I don't like and talk about things I'm so excited for that I can't speak about with others because they're not as into the stuff as I am. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, everybody, thank you for uh, listening, and we'll, well, you'll hear us next week. We'll see you next week. This episode of Nerding Casually was recorded at Glenmore Station in Raleigh, North Carolina. And recorded at Not Fox Studios in St. Louis, Missouri. Our noble producer is Matthew, and you can find his work at swiftobjectives.com. Until next time, true believers, keep nerding out.